Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Please sign up for my newsletter at zibbyowens.com for weekly updates about my podcasts, events, and more. Also, follow me on Instagram at zibbyowens and also at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And finally, join my virtual book club called Zibby's Virtual Book Club, which meets every other Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time until 3 p.m. and features half an hour of book club discussion, followed by 30 minutes of Q&A with the author whose book we've just discussed. You can sign up on my website, zibbyowens.com, under the virtual book club section, or even on Instagram under the link in my bio. I hope you'll find me in all these different channels and enjoy this podcast. The sponsor for this whole Labor Day Book Blast week is firstbook.org. Obviously, the pandemic is crippling education for millions of students, especially those in low-income communities. The widening digital divide and extended quote-unquote summer slide due to COVID is devastating. Apparently, 40% lack access to reliable internet and functioning digital devices they can use for online learning, making the need for physical books and resources to prevent further educational backsliding absolutely critical. Firstbook breaks down the barriers to education for children living in low-income communities by providing its network of more than 475,000 educators serving children in need with free and affordable new high-quality books, educational resources, and basic needs items through the award-winning First Book Marketplace nonprofit e-commerce site. They need your support to ensure these children have what they need to learn during this critical time. Visit firstbook.org to help 
Dr. Marissa Porges is known for her work on gender and education, leadership, and national security, and is the author of What Girls Need, How to Raise Bold, Courageous, and Resilient Women. She is currently the eighth head of school of the Baldwin School, 130-year-old all-girls school outside of Philadelphia that's renowned for academic excellence and prepares leaders, girls to be leaders and change makers. And by the way, Dr. Porges actually went there. Prior to joining Baldwin, Dr. Porges was a leading counterterrorism and national security expert. Most recently, she served in the Obama White House as a senior policy advisor and White House fellow at the National Economic Council. She also served as a research fellow at the Harvard Kennedy School and at the Council on Foreign Relations. She worked as a counterterrorism policy advisor in the U.S. Department of the Treasury and as a foreign affairs advisor in the U.S. Department of Defense. In all these roles, she stood out as one of a few, if not the only women present at any given time. Dr. Porges started her career on active duty in the U.S. Navy, flying jets off carriers as a naval flight officer. She earned a BA in geophysics from Harvard, an MSc from the London School of Economics, and a PhD in war studies from King's College London. She's won a million awards, and she currently lives in Philadelphia with her family. Welcome, Dr. Porges. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thank you for having me. It'd be great to be here. What girls need? This is like the ultimate question. (laughs) I think it's on all our minds, right? All the time. All the time. Like, what do I even need? I don't know. (laughs) You know, like... Starts, right? It starts from thinking what what I wish I had, what I wish, you know, my friends and I, when we think about the real world, but, and we want to give it to the next generation, our girls, our daughters, our kids. Totally. So your career has been so interesting. I can't believe you were like a naval pilot and you were like the naval, I don't even know how to say it, naval air force pilot or you were, and you were in the white house and now you're running a school and you've, you're just like the most badass person. I feel like I've like ever interviewed. It's so cool. Well, thank you. I'll take badass. I think, you know, badass is what I, I hope we all realize how badass we are. Right. Cause we all have our badass moments. So, but I did have a choose my own adventure of a career. So there's that too. And it was so great in the book, how you just sprinkled it all the way through. Like now you're in the cockpit and you are like banging on the fuel gauge and you relate this somehow to like the board games that I should be buying for my daughter in my completely like boring standard life. So thank you for distilling your experience down to help other people there. <laughs> oh my God. I think we all have these fun stories, right? We need to think about it in new ways. It was one fun in the book to be able to share some of them with readers. So. so before I go into some of like the tips and advice and everything, what do you think it was about your upbringing that got you to this place? Like, what did your parents do right? Like, what led you to accomplish all of this stuff, do you think? Do you think it started with your upbringing or, or not? Oh, 100%. And I think this is part of the lesson that I realized recently, to be honest. I think it came to, you know, finally the aha moment when I was here at running a school. So I run an all-girls school now, and it's actually the school that I grew up at. So I went here. So part of it was coming back and then seeing through a new lens as to what young girls can be given and what we need to do from an early age to really help them realize their badass self. And so I do think it happens young, right? I think it was that moment where my dad, you know, helped me brush my knees off or whatever it was when I was, you know, fell on the playing field and said, no, 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 go back out, right? Do it again, compete, be healthy, you know, enjoy competing. You know, the idea that I wanted to fly for the Navy when I was a kid, I think it belies our age. It was Top Gun, right? So for those who grew up watching Top Gun, right? That moment, I wanted to be Maverick. That was my thing. And it was an era when the rules still hadn't been changed and women couldn't even fly in combat. That wasn't mentioned. It was just, okay, go for it. Why not? 
And it turned out I was too short for the cockpit, so I had to be goose, not maverick. There is that. (laughs) But we, you know, we figured out a way and I just said, no, this is what I've been encouraged to do. And, you know, it is part of who I am. And I think I see it now in in little ways for young girls, particularly elementary school girls, right? Those moments where we say, no, 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 you can do this, right? We want them to, you know, puff up their chest and say, I got this, right? And you know, I, I see there's a, one picture that was on the, the wall of our school where a girl was drew a picture of herself and said, no one will say no, right? And you think, oh my goodness, her, her parents, poor parents, when she's a teenager particularly, right? But I, you know, I wish I was thinking, ah, no one's going to say no when I was an adult all the time, right? And I've had my moments where I was like, ah, oh, I didn't go for that job. I didn't go for that moment. And I could just go on and on about how I think we need to start this early for our kids. Yes. No, it's so important. And it's so smart to give the parents the tools now to make sure it all happens. Just one last question on your bio. So how did you end up back at your school after the way your career was going? Like what made you come back to Baldwin? I know that was, that's a crazy one. So I had the good fortune of when I was in the White House and I got a phone call one day, literally, I was working the West Wing and they they rang up and I thought they were going to ask for advice or for money. So I think there's that, right? But no, it was the head had just retired and they wanted to see if I was interested in, in leading the community that had given me so much. So I threw my hat in the ring again, because I'd been taught to be a healthy competitor, had no actual thought that they would take me. But look, crazy thing is I'm now leading a school through a pandemic. So there is that, right? But, you know, I think it's just a lesson to go for it, right? I think it's a lesson that we all need to remind ourselves and remind our friends. I say this to my girlfriends all the time, just go for it, right? It doesn't matter how crazy it is. The things out of left field are sometimes those opportunities that take you directions you would never imagine are the most fun and impactful. So it's totally that lesson of this life is, for me. This is the corollary of this is the just say yes, right? <laughs> yes, exactly, right? Just say yes. So one of the principles that I really responded to in your book is talking about how to make sure our daughters have a voice and how do they build that voice and hone that voice. And I mean, I feel like I could have used this when I was growing up. I feel like I was so shy and this was really hard for me to, you know, the situations when you're in the White House and Obama sitting there and you regret not speaking up, like, I was in far less, you know, tense situations and, you know, felt like I couldn't talk in in work meetings and, you know, all the rest. So you had so much great advice for girls and how to really, how can we help them and, and all the rest. So what, tell us like a few basics of how to start. And then I love like so many of your specific advice, like even ordering takeout. So anyway, let's start from the broad and, and go down to more of the specific Well, I think the broad is recognizing that these are are skills that, I mean, that I still struggle with sometimes and I have to remind myself to speak up in a meeting because it maybe feel too natural to just wait for, wait for the perfect moment. There's never a perfect moment. And we all, for any, any woman out there know that a man isn't going to wait for the perfect moment. They're just going to talk, right? And we need to as well. And we want our girls to, to remember that and practice it. And so it's about finding ways in little everyday ways to encourage our girl's voice and reinforce that her voice matters, right? And in an age-appropriate way. It's not about speaking speaking out inappropriately, but saying, no, we want to hear from you. You're at the dinner table. Making sure your daughter's speaking out when your son maybe is dominating the conversation. Even if it's an adult conversation, what does she think? Asking her to be involved. This idea that when you're ordering food, and this is a lesson I took from one of our students. She remembers when she was a kid that her father used to make her order pizza when they were calling, right? Not a reason not to use the app on your smartphone, but not her brother, but she would have to make the order because she didn't like doing it. It felt totally uncomfortable, right? And, and yet 
okay. And then she got older and she said, yeah, you know, it's not the, my favorite thing. I'm still an introvert, right? But I do it. I can do it. I know I can do it. And so these are the safe little ways that we just teach our girls to practice that muscle memory of speaking out. So when they have their aha moment for their career or just that time when they want to tell their boys, their boss, excuse me, what they need, they feel empowered to do so. It starts with Chinese food, apparently. It's apparently Chinese food, right? Or pizza or whatever, <laughs> right? Hi, take your pick. Take your pick. And also how you suggest inviting debate, that like you should always debate every side and open it up for conversation and say, you know, should TikTok be allowed? Let's talk about it, right? Well, and these are funny things. I mean, again, it's not every day. You know, I think sometimes we make it about it has to be all this. And so it becomes parenting becomes overwhelming. But finding to a natural moment where you don't cut the debate off, but where you encourage it to keep going. Frankly, it's a you know helpful way to fill time in the, in the car when you're driving home from the game or something and it feels endless. But it's also just a, a moment to help your daughter, again, realize that you care, that you want her to practice her voice, that it matters to you, you know, the number one role model in her life. And so that she's going to say, ah, yeah, no, I'm going to do it other places as well. And even when you were like, don't ask, like, how is science today, that you should say, what did you say in science class? And how did you handle that? And what questions did you ask? Like, these are such great specific tips that are like not so hard to implement. Right. And so again, it gets little tweaks, right? The little things make a really big difference. And, you know, hopefully it helps make parenting easier. One, one thing that I came upon as well is this idea of helping your daughter practice her ask. This idea that you want her to ask if you practice negotiating. You know, the next time she asks for something, anything, even if you've decided what your answer is going to be, yes, I'm going to let you have an overnight sleepover. Yes, we're going to go to the amusement park. Yes, you're going to, you know, get the thing that you've been asking for for ages. Say, huh, go back and and make a pitch, right? Give me three reasons why. Come back in 30 minutes. Come back in an hour and make her practice the art of asking. And then again, regardless, you don't have to change your mind. The answer could still be no if that had been your parenting decision to start. But maybe you say, well, you know, the answer is no this time. Here's what worked and here's what didn't when you pitched, right? Give her the little bit of feedback. I really liked when you did this or you used your motion well or like God, that, you know, PowerPoint was great. I had one kid who actually, a, a daughter, at my, a girl rather at my school, showed me the pitch deck. She and her friend used to make, make PowerPoint deck. This is how clearly her parents helped her spend her time to give her something to do. Make PowerPoint slideshows when they wanted to sleep over on a weeknight. And she showed me this, you know, pictures of the the cupcakes they wanted to make and the movies they wanted to watch and the tent they wanted to build in the living room. And, you know, I don't know if they got their Thursday night sleepover, but they just loved the process. And candidly, it made them better at this idea of the ask. They had actually come to my office to ask me, the head of the school, for something that everyone else had said no to. I said no as well, but I reinforced that the asking was good, right? So it's what we want to see from our kids and our girls, especially. My daughter did something similar with three friends. It had her day camp because she was aging out and they wanted them to extend it. So the girls all got together and they put together this whole presentation and pitched it to the head of the camp and they extended it for the summer. Yeah, That's fantastic. And what a fabulous lesson to her, because in that instance, it, it went well, right? And she got this positive reinforcement. But I hope that you remind her of that. And when you, you know, when we get off our, our call day, say, hey, by the way, I was really proud of you for that. That was super cool. Like, do that more often, totally. right? I should bring that sounds back like up. She, sounds like she's great at it already. <laughs> I remember as a kid, my curfew was so much lower than like everybody else's. So I went around and I called like every parent and asked what the curfew was. And I made a whole spreadsheet. I mean, I didn't have Excel, of course, back then, but it was like kid's name, mom's name, phone number, curfew. 
And I was like, look at this data. Mine is earlier. It's not safe. I will be having to get home by myself. And so she raised it. <laughs> yeah, look at data analytics from an early age. That should be like, that's on your life resume 101. It's true. I kind of forgot about it until now. But anyway. <laughs> well, but so this is the art of persuasion, right? It is such an important skill. And it's and something that statistically women aren't as effective at. And, you know, it's part, I mean, it's not the reason why there's still a pay gap, but it's, a you know, it plays into the nature of how pay gaps continue. And as as well as other things that I think we all we all continue to see out there. So I just want to, whatever we can do for the next generation so they don't face these same challenges. And you even pointed out how men have such a higher rate of interrupting women and how there was that one example in the boardroom where the, the people got up and spoke and finally, won, or maybe it was at Google, I guess. Was it at Google? Well, tell the, do you tell the story? <laughs> no, I mean, so there's, there's countless examples. That was actually when I was, you know, it's funny when I was looking for stories to include in the book and there's some places where you could see a hundred examples of men interrupting women in work, in, you know, public. The, the most crazy example was they've actually done a study at the Supreme Court and that the female Supreme Court justices get interrupted more often than male Supreme Court justices. And you think the pinnacle of our judiciary system and the women are still getting interrupted more often. So, you know, and they've done studies actually in schools and in co-ed environments. I'm, I have the good fortune of leading a girls' school now, but in co-ed environments, boys speak out and over and interrupt girls more often than, you know, the reverse. And you take that same young girl and you put her in a single sex environment, a single sex playgroup, and she will speak out and speak up as often as the little boy did when they were in class together. And so it's just, you know, we, we need to counter that, right? It's a social norm. And we know our girls have, you know, want to speak out and speak up. We just need to help them practice. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And you also talk a lot about fostering the competitive spirit and how sports play a big role for girls, especially because at least they get that experience on the field. And you give all these examples of leaders like Meg Whitman and others who are all, you know, she was playing lacrosse and squash at Princeton, which I didn't even know. So tell me about how sports, fostering that love of sports can really help our girls too. 
So I think being competitive is something that in particular right now, I think a lot of parents shy away from. We think of competitiveness as like a bad thing and it's a maladaptive behavior. And unfortunately for our girls, a lot of times they read that as, well, I, I can't compete even the things I want to be good at because it's, I don't want to put my friends down. It's going to be embarrassing if I win, not if I lose, but if I win. And it's not just in the sports field. It could be the spelling bee or the poetry contest or other places too. But any man or woman, father or, or mother would say, you know, you got to be competitive in the real world, right? It's to go for that job. It's to go for the apartment. It's to go for whatever it is you want. It takes a little bit of competitive spirit. And, you know, every study shows that competitiveness, you know, makes you perform better personally, right? You run faster when you're running against somebody just by the nature of, you know, sort of the adrenaline that gets going. So we want to find moments to help reinforce this with our girls. Sports are an easy one because they're widely available for girls and for boys. And yet by middle school, most girls opt out of competitive sports. There's peer pressure and social norms at play. And a lot of times they just give up on it. Even, you know, it doesn't have, mean, you know, whether or not they were going to be the Olympic athlete, it's just something that goes by the wayside. And this is where I'd say, well, do we let our boys opt out as easily? When I, I talked to remember one mom on the sideline of, of a sporting event here at school. And she says, oh yeah, no, we tried four sports for my son until he stuck with swimming, right? We kept going because we knew it had to be part of his day. But for our daughter, we let her opt out. Sure, you know, she wants to do something else. She's more artsy than not. And I would challenge that mom to say, well, it's not about whether she's going to play sports in college or, you know, go to the Olympics, but it's about, you know, helping her practice being part of a team, being resilient and being competitive. Or try the, the poetry contest at the library, the spelling bee at school, like any moment where you have to throw your hat in the ring be judged against your peers, practice winning and losing, you know, and just realize that being your personal best is a good thing, even if it's in a competition. So true. And thank you, by the way, in the book, you gave all these like board game examples for little kids. And I feel like I was reading the book and I had like Amazon open in another browser because I read your book online. And it was like, okay, like diplomacy, Catan Jr. Like, what can I get to help my kids? <laughs> Never yeah, do well, and so, Right. And so there's like little easy ways that we can just like, naturally, it doesn't have to be this grandiose thing that makes parenting so much more difficult, but it's just about thinking a little bit differently about what games, what books we have them read, you know, sort of what the daily interaction around the dinner table is like, and just small things we can do to reinforce these key skills for our kids, our girls. And I really loved that you said, use the things that come down naturally to girls as their competitive advantage. Like don't try to make girls have necessarily the same skills and then be better at them. Go with what they have that's great and really blast those things out. Yeah. And this is, I mean, I think one of the, you know, we, we get challenged when we think about how to prepare our girls like, oh, well, you're trying to make them like boys. And we're like, no, no, no. I'm trying to help them you know, own their personal best self, right? So, you know, it's about being your personal best, being competitive in whatever it is that she wants to do and like she's eager to engage in. But it's also about the fact that so many of the skills that come naturally is a generalization, but studies show to our girls are really the advantage that will set them apart, you know, when they're adults in work and at home, this idea that they naturally empathize more readily right? And empathy is something that places hire for now, right? That this is what em employers want in their work environments, that we communicate, our girls communicate, you know, in really helpful, natural ways that build consensus that solve problems. And these are things that are their advantage. And we just want to reinforce them so that they really own their best girl self, you know, as just as young women as adults. 
So there are obviously so many things, but but right before I did this, I was talking to a, a friend of my husband's who just had a little girl. She's like two years old. And I was like, oh, this, he was like, I need some parenting advice podcast. And I was like, oh, fantastic. I'll send you this one. He's like, oh yeah, well, you know, I live with three women and this little girl, like what should I, what do girls need? So if there was like a summary of like the most important things for a new parent, dad or mom to know like that they could, what they should do a hundred percent, like what would that takeaway piece be? I think it's about finding little moments to reinforce her voice and helping her speak out because I think that's where it starts. I think it's about finding role models. And it doesn't have to be, you know, sort of whoever the VP nomination is going to be, that level role model. It's the daily role models. It's, you know, her mother role modeling. It's the aunt. It's, you know, it's a athlete you see on, on in social media that you're like, oh, just look. Look at, you know, use those as daily reminders of how we want our girls to to own themselves. And then I think, you know, always pause and remember to share lessons of our own, you know, challenges, failures, foibles. You know, I think they not least because studies show that those lessons get reinforced better. They get remembered more often by those listening. But these are the times where our girls think, wow, like this is what the real world's going to be. And what am I going to be like when I'm older? And they sop it up, right? Particularly our young women, they think they have, you know, ears, ears for miles and they hear everything we're saying. And now when we're navigating virtual school for a lot of us, there's more and more of that, those moments where they're hearing and seeing us navigate really challenging times. So it's a perfect opportunity to just be honest with them and say, hey, you know, like this is how I'm figuring out it's not going so well because, again, age appropriate ways. It'll look different for an elementary school girl, someone in middle or upper school or high school. But and just sharing with them how we're navigating these moments so that we you know, help them do better than we are. We do. Right. That's the that's the key. That's the ticket, I hope. And how are you? How are you navigating this moment? It's so funny because I'm sitting here talking to you, but usually on this computer, I'm zooming with all the different headmasters at my kids' three different schools. Like it's you know the lower school and the middle school and like all these mm-hmm. different schools because we're all everybody's back to school planning and how can we handle this? How are you like getting through this? Are, do you have to listen to your own internal voice for your school? Are you trying to aggregate consensus? Like what are the skills mm-hmm. you're using? Like how are you making up your mind essentially? Oh, it's a crazy thing. It's interesting. So you're actually, I was frantically setting up the system for the podcast today. You'll see I'm no longer in my office. We relocated around campus in order to socially distance and spread out all our girls. And so I no longer have an office, which is interestingly. So I'm here in our gym, in in the office next to our gymnasium, making sure I can talk to you this morning. It's hard, right? It's hard for all of us. And so one thing I I remind all of our parents and anyone listening is, you know, go easy on your teachers and your kids' school leaders because, you know, we're all just trying to do our best and make this as safe as possible for our students, our families, and our teachers, even as we realize that in-person learning is ideal, right? It's where those connections get made between the girls and their friends, the girls and their teachers, and where so much of the learning happens, you know, even as we were fortunate to really have great success with our online virtual program in the spring. I'm sure like your kids, right? We all went virtual from mid-March and and that was that. You know, I think, you know, I like a a lot of our, our peers, but I think we are sort of really leaning into the data, trying to figure out, well, what you know, what is the public, what are public health officials saying? What metrics can we use? What tools do we want to do? Can we use masks, social distancing, hand washing to help protect our kids? But then how do we deliver not just the core academic program, but those other things, those other moments that our kids really need, particularly our girls, 
to socially, emotionally thrive, right? We need them to get through this next year, right? It's not going to be forever. And we need to remember that. And we'll be able to help them catch up, right? And, and you know, we have the good fortune here of being able to support a wide diversity of students and families and, you know, with tools to help them get through the year academically. But we also need to find moments that they can connect with each other, that they build those relationship skills that are so important, you know, particularly in adolescence, so that they understand how to be compassionate and empathize and connect with others. And so, you know, for parents to remember that so that even as we're building the school program of what the day looks like, you know, remote or or in person, we're also finding these touch points to reinforce the social emotional ways of being and relationship skills that our girls in particular really need at this age to be able to navigate not just the year ahead, but the rest of their lives. So true. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel like my daughter is mostly concerned about lunch, you know, because now like lunch, it was like her one time to like let her hair down and hang out with her friends. And now like that is, you know, being predetermined who she's going to have lunch with. And anyway, whatever. I have so yeah. much respect for school leaders through this whole process because this cannot be easy, especially dealing with the personality types of all the parents too, who have such strong opinions. And oh my gosh, anyway, hats off to you. So well, but of course, because it's the most important thing we have, right? It's our kids. And and candidly, our teachers feel the same way. It's the students. It's like, this is what, you know, what we do. So for that moment, right? So she's not going to be able to have sit next to her friend in class, right? Because we're doing assigned seating maybe in order to make sure that we can navigate the whole reality. And yet, so here's a perfect lesson in teaching her adaptability, right? Lean into the change. It's not forever. It's just a moment and so she'll have to navigate it. But then also to build in rewards, build in other moments. So she can't have lunch with her friends, maybe, but perhaps this is the time to say, you know, on Saturday afternoons, we're going to have socially distanced picnics with three of her friends, you know, at the park outside or over Skype or FaceTime or whatever the, you know, natural technological way is that isn't about school, but is about connecting and is not social media. Because I think sometimes a lot of times we rely on our kids rely on social media and that's not the natural way to connect and build relationships, you know, and there is something to be said for real time interactions like like we're having right now. But yeah, it's going to be a strange reality for us all. And so I think, you know, the more and more we get used kids used to that and helping them realize it's just not forever, but it's for now and it's what we need to do to keep each other safe and healthy and that the community side of that, right? One thing we're doing at our school is we're having all our girls pick at least one person or maybe a few that they're doing this for, right? So they're actually going to write down and sign a community compact that says, you know, I'm I'm doing this, I'm taking precautions, I'm wearing masks for, you know, their favorite teacher, their grandparent, their mother, their friend who is immunocompromised or otherwise needs, you know, to, you know, has health concerns. Because at the end of the day, that's, you know, what we need to do to get through this all. That's good advice. That's really nice. I love that. And even what you were saying about sports, like we're not even having sports. But anyway, not to keep talking about my, but you know. Well, well, no, we're not there yet, but it's a conversation, right? And so it's something that we're all, all the school heads are talking on a regular basis about what it looks like. We've delayed our sports season at the moment and we're figuring out, well, what does it look like to have safe sports, right? And when we're seeing, you know, what's happening in Major League Baseball and the NCAA and you think, you know, well, okay, well, what does that look like for volleyball for our girls, right? You know, it's it's hard. And we, and at the end of the day, safety is paramount, right? So but they can, they can train and they can, you know, go for runs and get outside and it's going to be a, a tough year in that way. So we also need to build out, we've actually built in recess for the day for middle school, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they, it's an age where they left recess behind, but now suddenly they need to let the energy out and go socially distanced. It's crazy to say, but be outside and run around. 
So just tell me for two seconds about writing this book. Like how long did it take to write? When did you decide you were going to write this book? Did you have the whole outline? Like how did you approach it? When did you oh. do it? Like all of that good stuff. Yo, Zibi, that's going to be more, maybe more crazy. I don't know. This this may reveal my crazy. So I'm just going to warn you that. So, you know, two years ago, about a little over two years ago, I had the idea all came together. I, I teach a leadership class for the seniors at the school. And in all the conversations, I started telling stories, you know, some of the stories that are in the book about my time in Afghanistan, my time, you know, interviewing Al-Qaeda in Yemen, my time flying for the military. And it's the lessons, oftentimes lessons of failure that I had in those moments that I was sharing with the girls as they were thinking about, well, what is life going to be like in the real world and what skills they need? And then over dinner with a friend, a parent at the school, I sort of, this idea came together and I had the good fortune of having a publisher interested right away. And so I wrote the book and candidly, the the deadline that forced me, I'm a deadline driven person for those listening who like deadlines help. Um, I had my first child not quite a year ago. Oh, congratulations right, of let's get it done before the the other baby, the book baby finished before the baby baby arrives. And I had the good fortune of having a very supportive partner. And so another lesson for all our girls is, you know, having a partner who builds in time and allows you to do that. So he very much was, you know, he was the one who would take the baby and say, go write your book at the coffee shop for the morning so, you know, we can get it done. And yeah, so we had the good fortune of a supportive community, but it was you know, just something that was on, I was inspired to do, I guess. Wow. I don't think that's too crazy. Okay, good. Well, I know. And then I, I won't share that there was some writing going on in labor delivery. So there was no. That okay. That might waver into yeah, crazy territory. Well, I know, but it was extended and I brought my laptop and I just sort of wanted to get it done. So yes, that was the, that was the moment of pure crazy. But again, it was the deadline. It was the like, you know, the fear of what happens when the baby arrives to just sort of, you know, whatever form. It's also a good lesson of it uh, doesn't have to be perfect to be good enough. I think moms everywhere need to remember that sometimes, particularly now, we just need to, you know, a B plus will do often. And then I had a, you know, good, you know, time to edit and things like that. But sometimes we just need to let it go and and move on. But I don't know. Good advice. Do you have any other parting advice having written this book to aspiring authors and really also to parents with young girls, but you basically already did that. So let's just say to aspiring authors. Oh, well, this is one that other people have taught me and I'm still working on, but it's the sharing of your stories. You know, I think I'm actually, despite me just, you know, oversharing about labor and delivery, I'm a very personal person who keeps my stories close to my vest. And so, you know, lessons of failure, it's taken a long time for me to share, you know, the things that I write about in the book of, you know, my transition out of the Navy and how sort of that for me was you know, something that felt like a failure that I had to grow to accept over time. But these other personal stories, you know, both are what audiences want to hear. It's what my students want to hear. I think it's what makes like interactions like this to be like your stories about your own girls and and how we're sharing that. It's what makes it most fun. So for any writer out there, I think for me, that was what helped me turn the corner was when I really got grew comfortable sharing my personal story and, and feeding that into the narrative. <laughs> awesome. All right, time is up. We got the phone ringing. You're on to your I next. Know, exactly. Right there. <laughs> By reality, I think, which is I don't know the way it is these days. But well, good luck. I mean, I don't envy you having to lead your school through this in this time, and they are so lucky to have you. 
<laughs> so if you ever want to come to New York, you know. <laughs> well, no, I'm kidding. I love my headmasters. The Philly's waiting for you, Zibby. Okay, so, uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah maybe. I'll... <laughs> um, no, it's a crazy time, and I look forward to hearing how how your your kids do. And yeah, let's, let's uh, that. We'll, we all got to get through this together. So yes, I'll get through it together. And thank you for all the tips that I'm going to implement like right away. So thank you. Well, if you need more, there's actually on my website, whatgirlsneed.com, and there's resources, reading lists for parents and for girls, in, you know, with girls in mind. So things to other other things that we can help our, each other with. Perfect. More for me to do. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Needing, right? It's the distraction. Totally. I need it. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Great to talk to you. Great to talk to you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks so much to firstbook.org for sponsoring this Labor Day book blast. Please consider giving to firstbook.org to help their network of 475,000 educators serving children in need. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.